0: What's up? And welcome back to Nostalgia Pod, giving you your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. But tonight, we're giving you your look at what's going on at the Academy Awards. Dave, uh, whew. you know, we so just to preface it, right? We did our Oscars predictions. We were pretty much like this might be the most boring Oscars we've had in some time. Everything seemed pretty locked up. The acting categories, directing categories, seemed pretty much set. Best picture we're like, maybe this could happen, maybe this could happen, but we all thought, it's gonna be chalk. This night was anything but chalk. Uh, Dave, Parasite, a big winner tonight. Four Academy Awards, including Best Director for Bong Joon-ho, and Best Picture. A foreign film won Best Picture. First time.
1: reaction? uh, Absolutely insane. Absolutely incredible. Parasite won more Oscars than 1917. Insane, insane. Um, I guess there was like little hints when nineteen seventeen didn't win production design, and Once Upon a Time won that instead. Um, and then when uh, nineteen seventeen only won one of the sound awards, not both, Ford versus Ferrari getting in the mix. Uh, I guess that was that was a start, and the next thing we know, the the bong wave begins, and man, it's a uh, You know, it's amazing when you actually see the best movie get recognized like this. You know, you you think back to Moonlight, um, maybe even Spotlight to a lesser extent, but certainly Moonlight winning where they actually picked the best movie, the movie that people liked the most. And we were so, so prepared, so ready for the movie that people like, but not nearly as much as this movie to win in 1917. And it didn't happen. It's uh, pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think where I had gotten to and where a lot of people had gotten to in 1917 was, you know, it's not a bad movie. It's it's a good movie. Well right. made, technically incredibly impressive. But when you compare it to a couple of the other films, specifically for me, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite, it was like, man, how, how can you not have one of those win? And to see Parasite with what it did on every level, um, the technical achievement that it was, the writing achievement that it was, the acting achievement that it was, and to break through in this way that only one other foreign film in the last couple of years that I can think of and Roma has mm-hmm. done similarly. Um, just so impressive. And man, when, uh, when it won for best original screenplay, that was the moment I was like, huh, this night might be going in a different direction than we all thought it, it, it did. What was your reaction to that? Uh, so that was what I thought was possible because of the writers guild win, but
1: yeah, I mean, that that's a huge category. And yeah, to see that you yeah, I was starting to I was starting to get ideas, but I I was I was prepared to be let down throughout. You know, it's funny. I think overall the show went pretty well. I mean, there's some things to critique as usual when you're talking about three plus hour broadcasts, but yeah, man, um this is this is truly this is truly a landmark uh Oscars. Like it's you can't overstate it
0: yeah and you know bong when he got up there for the international film had a very nice speech ended it with i'm ready to drink he he felt like his night was over and then Mm -hmm. he wins for directing you know if you watch and stop the the reactions pretty much all the directors were like like their (laughs) eyebrows go up especially Mm -hmm. sam mendes who was like i think he felt like it was in the bag for him um and bong gets up he,
1: he was right to think that Fifteen, the last sixteen director's guild winners won best director. The only time that didn't happen was Affleck for Argo when he wasn't nominated for best director. So we have to go back to this is the first time in uh, sixteen to seventeen years. Like it, it, it's 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 kind of kind of insane.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then Bong gets up there and has an absolutely amazing speech giving praise to all the other directors gave uh scorsese a very nice yes. moment and uh tarantino as well so that was in you know just getting to be his lovely self up there and then they actually won for best picture and i'm still like kind of reeling from it um man it, it is nice to see how how do you explain this do you think this is preferential balloting at, at its finest you know where a lot of people were probably like once upon a time, first parasite, second. Or mm-hmm. 1917, first parasite, second. Kind of like splitting it that way, but really that like number two spot coming in strong.
1: Yeah, well, you think with preferential ballot, if parasite has just the most fans, where very few people are ranking it very low, that's helping it, right? And I mean, we talked about it with the predictions episode, but there was just a lot of you know data points with Oscar history and award season history suggesting that 1917 was also a very uncommon unlikely best picture winner in the same way parasite was just in terms of winning you know both films did not have any acting nominations and like and and 19 didn't have an editing nomination like there's just some some important bellwethers that both were were missing so it was it was tough to look at the certain precedent so i'm not sure if just maybe 1917 just didn't have enough broad support as we thought maybe the technical support was there but then you think of screenplay acting Certainly, uh weaker points in 1917, relatively speaking. Um, perhaps that that goes it but, but led to. I don't. I don't know. You know, we, we'll never know. They don't release the votes. We have no idea how close it was, which is frustrating. But release the I, votes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> give it to us.
1: Um, I mean, I mean, thinking too, just looking back. I mean, 1917 won the producers guild this year. That's won ten of the last twelve best pictures. But the other two times were. Moonlight and Spotlight. So it's a uh, man, this is, this is really gonna, there'll be a lot of pieces about, about uh, uh, how this prognostication didn't work. But I mean, that's what I said uh, last week. I was like, well, we have that. The SAG win for Parasite. Acting actors make up like the, the biggest group of the Academy for sure. Over th- thousands of members or actors. So that was the hope. Right. But, you know, I was a little worried when it, uh, it didn't win best editing. And Ford versus Ferrari one said I was like, Oh, Parasite might be falling off now. But man, happy
0: to be wrong about that sentiment, man. This is so so wild. What a moment. Um <laughs> yeah, very, very pleased. And yeah, uh, don't usually walk away from the Oscars, especially after, you know, last year and mm-hmm. you know, Green Book winning, having the whole buildup of you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and the, the critique of that as a movie. just kind of felt like uh coming to this year we were we were just destined to have an a unsatisfying ending so to have something this satisfying is just like uh, it's like a straight shot of adrenaline into the system for me right now um it, i mean there, there's a lot of other things to talk about what what other wins tonight moments really stood out to you what was what was your takeaways sure sure um
1: ford versus ferrari winning okay. editing and sound editing that's awesome you know, looking looking at all the wins, there was some stuff that we had predicted. We felt were really confident, in or almost locks. Right, Little Women costume design, mm-hmm. Bombshell makeup, Joker score, uh, Rocket Man original song. There's a lot. There was a lot of uh, stuff we were confident in. But you look at the uh, Best Picture field. Funny enough, uh, of those nine movies, the only one to go winless tonight was mm-hmm. The Irishman. Funny enough, and that makes Marty Marty's now the first person to go 0 for 10 twice with best picture. He also did it with gangs in New York. I just saw that uh, tonight. Um, A few months ago, and we said this with the predictions, you know, when we thought Irishman once upon a time would be bigger, bigger forces this year. Uh, Irishman going winless. I thought that was blasphemy. You told me that one on Thanksgiving.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. But it's, I think it's one of those things also where um, they kind of ran into a buzzsaw in some of the categories. Like you're thinking maybe Pesci or, Uh, patina will get a best supporting actor but pitt just locked that up from the beginning um also a great moment when he he got up there i thought his speech was very charming very brad pitt-esque which is nice um you know then you look at like best actor category um that was also locked up with phoenix so then you're moving down into the technical categories and an incredible year for technical work in movies um, you know and the the visual effects was probably the category that had the strongest chance due to do the, the de-aging and just the extent mm. of it but uh, visual effects went to looking for, uh, 1917 1917 which uh, mm-hmm. I mean good, amazing technical achievement so just one of those one of those years mm-hmm. for it, unfortunately still an awesome movie and uh, I, I was I was glad to see the awards spread out the way that they were
1: yeah you know, absolutely. I,
0: Everyone getting a little bit of love, you know. Jojo took home uh, adapted screenplay. Um, you already mentioned uh, Little Women getting the costume design. Uh, score went to Joker, mm-hmm. um, and you you were saying that the the person that won for that is a Tony away from an EGOT.
1: Yeah, uh, Hildur she just won the, a Grammy for Chernobyl. Not sure how that works again, but yeah. So that's good. That's cool. We know Cynthia Revo is still only a. Uh, uh, Oscar away for EGOT as well uh, Crazy. we know how talented she is um, and <laughs> I think an in- interesting theme I guess or, or this recurring a- aspect of the show was the prevalence of music like we know they're gonna do every best original song that I was meant mm-hmm. we know they're gonna sing for in Memoriam. okay that's a lot of music but then they add Eminem doing a full rundown of lose yourself why previous best original song winner back in like oh three i believe um which he didn't even accept that award at the time and then there's also that uh i forget his name the guy who did like the rap recap real quick basically doing Uh, a lin manuel rap manuel rap but Mm. not being lin um yeah a lot of music a lot of music and I think it still moved pretty quickly overall. I thought the show like there wasn't any like major low points to me, but I feel like we could have trimmed that music because you think there wasn't any like movies montages movies. Fuck yeah, because they just did montages with the acting noms,
0: which I thought worked really cool. Yeah,
1: so it was still pretty tight, but yeah, too much
0: music. No, I completely agree that the uh I, th- I thought the montages worked well. So it felt pretty tight. There was I felt like there was a bit of a lull around the time they're doing most of the technical categories, which they always have. I wonder if there's a way for them to do, like, a medley of the best songs uh, or the the songs that are nominated for best original because, like, uh, it's awesome hearing Elton John, um, but a couple of the other songs, I just was like, let's just move this along. And Eminem, I mean, what the fuck was that? Like, why? Like, I I still don't understand. Um, Literally, when he came out, I just was like, this is – so pointless and just going to make us run over time already they went 30 minutes over time uh, mm-hmm. how about like people that came out to give out awards i had a couple of people that stood out for me as good presenters but i want to hear from you first who stood out to you
1: yeah i think one other thing we we could have uh tweaked was sometimes not every time there would be someone in like the stands in the in the walkway you know an actor presenting the presenters like introducing <laughs> them like it, it just cut off the flow like Zazie Beats did it for for the for the doing the score medley like didn't need those that's fine like I feel like with the announcer and the the way the presenters were going the lack of a host was relatively uh inconsequential once again but like it just we that was another weird choice like the excessive music. Um yeah for presenters I really liked uh Will and JLD yeah. Will Farrell they were hilarious um wasn't sure what bit they were doing at first, and then, like, they really rocked it. Yeah. Um, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph just, you know, being themselves. That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, early on, Diane Keaton, I thought was really funny, perhaps unintentionally. Um, and then, oh, the cats joke. Yes. That was amazing. A, they, they, truly a great callback to have that yeah. make fun of cats for vi- set of visual effects. now, And I was surprised Corden agreed to do it initially because i know he had like ripped the movie he's like i heard that was terrible (laughs) Remember, and then then i realized oh wait you're you're also ripping the movie again i get it that that was smart
0: (laughs) no i I thought that was great i thought most of the presenters were pretty good um to your point about the people introducing the people who were Mm -hmm. yeah saying the nominees um, George McKay actually called it out at the end. He's like, yeah, we're, we're short on time, so I'm going to come up here to announce who's going to be announcing the award. So let's just keep doing that. <laughs> like, he, he just called it right out, which I, I appreciated from a young right. actor like that. Um, yeah, you, you named a lot of the good ones. I thought at the beginning, I guess they probably didn't give out an award, but Steve Martin and Chris Rock yeah, were absolutely that was awesome. like, on their game. Um, I, I wish they had taken a shot at Jeff Bezos for not paying uh more in taxes I, I thought that for sure was coming but um i'm okay with that i also thought tom hanks you didn't give out an award but he talked about the uh, uh the museum opening for the academy mm. in december and i thought he was hilarious kind of you know talking about how they were all over there working on it today and uh yeah <laughs> Brad pitt was working with a shirt off and colin jose had a shirt off too <laughs> he's like no contest there <laughs> uh, that was killing me um what did you think of the speeches? I thought there were, I thought, like we said, bong, great speech. I thought Brad Pitt had a great speech. Renee, I don't really know where she was going with that. Renee was
1: kind of all over the place all year. Like, mm-hmm. not bad. She, she it just she seemed to be scattershot, you know, but you could tell she, she meant well. So yeah. it's,
0: it's whatever. And what about Joaquin? How did that land for you?
1: I loved Joaquin's. Yeah. He's been, I- he's been having trying to say something meaningful this whole time. Mm -hmm. And I like hearing that, you know, like rather than do the bland, let me list a bunch of names. And like, you know, he mentioned in the beginning, he's like, yeah, I've been a dick before. Like I've made mistakes. I never said I was perfect either, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, I, I, using that platform, using that space to actually say something meaningful, meaningful, that is honestly completely inoffensive and should not be like seen as anything partisan. If you really Mm -hmm. think about what he's saying, I, I like hearing that. you know."
0: no i i completely agree i thought it was a nice feature. i saw people online kind of going back and forth on it um but i i appreciate that he's using the platform and also i thought it was a, he wrapped it up really nicely mm. giving his uh his brother uh river a yeah rip rip um speaking of rip Billie eilish doing the uh in memoriam mm-hmm. singing yesterday with uh phineas on the like the keys wow uh Little of goosebumps when she first started, yeah. man. I thought she absolutely killed it. Um, now I just want to hear Billie Eilish do more Beatles covers like, just
1: mm. give her all, all the work. I mean, coming off the five Grammy wins, she did put her foot in her mouth recently talking about hip hop mm-hmm. and lying with that. So, we maybe we'll talk about that at a later date. Um, but yeah, <laughs> with this, now we know the Bond song. We're gonna hear her Bond song in less, in less than two months, two months or so. She's in the um, Fuego, man. Billy's Billy's crushing it, man. 18 years old,
0: completely in Um Other thoughts, other things you want to shout out, things you like, didn't like.
1: So we mentioned the music. Now I thought, uh, Elton John's rendition of "I'm Gonna Love Me Again," the original song they made for Rock a Man, was fantastic. So, good. Um, I mean, we know you know Elton can sit at a piano and rock a room like few few can. That mm-hmm. goes without saying it just kind of reminded me that oh yeah that song's actually like really great yeah. like i kind of forgot because <laughs> yeah you know i heard it back
0: in may it's been a while uh, a deserved win for that song and yeah elton man he sounds really good like he, he's either in the middle or just finished up his uh his final tour so
1: yeah uh, he said this before maybe it was at the globes but he's like yeah me and bernie have never really won anything like this before and it's like people are being like, why does Ellen keep saying that he's won Grammys and he's won Oscars before
0: yeah he had an Oscar like, already but, but maybe with Bernie
1: yeah maybe that's what it is maybe but Bernie's won stuff too I, 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 we just got to ask him what, what do you mean by that <laughs> yeah. um,
0: how about you know, one uh, of the one,
1: one of the awards we thought was uh, up in the air certainly was not a lock was animated feature yes. film which ended up going to Toy Story 4 in the end when an early award in the night um, we know Kloss had won a few things. Missing Link even won the Globe, so we were mm-hmm. seeing what happened, but we didn't get the full Anarchy moment, Toy Story 4 still so won in the end.
0: Yep. No, that I, I was pleased with that. Um, you know, only seeing that one from the category, I was glad that that one won. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and other than that, there wasn't anything that stood out too much. I mean, Laura Dern won. Um, I guess I was, I was surprised Parasite won screenplay i really expected once upon a time let's go to tarantino but like you said that one was a possibility in play right. um and yeah adapted screenplay going to jojo that was kind of like the thanks for coming out award for taiko right but i thought he had a nice speech when he was up there too you know he did he yeah seemed a little um, overwhelmed but overall good
1: yeah yeah honestly i was kind of hoping he'd have like something more clever to say to be yeah. honest taiko you know but it's all good um yeah i mean in terms of awards that like we actually like in play, obviously considering how well it went for parasite tonight. I guess the award that I'm most disappointed in is adapted screenplay just because I really wanted little women to win, mm. I guess then after that, I guess little women for score as well. We both really like yeah. uh, this plot score. Um, but yeah, man, uh, the good shit won. It's pretty wild. American factory one doc feature. We kind of expected that. And
0: no, no Oscars for Thanos.
1: No Oscars for Thanos. Marvel is now 0 for 10 in Best Visual Effects. Pretty uh, pretty wild. Um, they can just keep all the money they make. I'm sure they'll be happy with that. Um,
0: I thought one thing that the show did really well was they, they did not muzzle the presenters at all about calling hmm. out the, right. the discrepancy in the racial uh, difference in how many white people are nominated for these yeah. awards versus I mean, black people. Steve people Martin and Chris Rock kicked that off right away. Yep. Um, the, the disparity between how many men uh, are nominated for these awards versus how many women are nominated for these these awards was called out a lot. And I thought actually a really great moment when they it's had like 60, a 60, 30, it's still a really bad split. Yeah. And they had Sigourney Weaver up there with Gal Gadot and um, Brie Larson. And they uh, announced that the, uh, the conductor for the, the live band is the first uh, female conductor. And then they did the medley of, all the Mm -hmm. scores i thought that was a really great moment so they really did a pretty good job this year of just kind of letting the the show like just be what it was supposed to be they did like not having a host i think allows them to be a little bit more creative with some of these things and allow more people to get an input which is just delightful
1: also no one uh really got played off uh with their speech right
0: Parasite and, almost did. They, yeah. they shut the lights off on them.
1: <laughs> well, it was like that too. It's like, honestly, we're there to watch people win mm-hmm. and tell us how they feel about winning. So if it's going to go over, let it go over. Right. And as we've been saying, cut the middlemen, presenter, announcer people, cut some of the songs. That way mm-hmm. it's even more baked in time to hear people win. Uh, similar idea with that. Um, There's those like honorary awards that they gave out to like Wes Studi and some Mm -hmm. other folks Um, David Lynch Gina Gina Davis and Gina Davis They used to do that at the actual Oscars. They should do that again. Like I'd like to see those people Hmm. Talk yeah part of it like that just seems like a more valuable thing to present than M&M in in the main broadcast than M&M Like (laughs) I feel you, you could you could make it fit. I think pretty simply so
0: no, I th- I think so just too, and the- there's definitely fat to be cut, and it's not a perfect broadcast, but it feels like it's getting better. It feels like they're definitely listening to more input and kind of figuring out how to make this more of a pleasurable viewing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just a shout out to someone I know we we both stand for Olivia Coleman. Just so delightful. <laughs> just oh, yeah. put put her in front of a microphone more often. She's always just so fun. Um, any other thoughts? I mean. Uh- <sighs> I'm just—I'm still like stirring off this parasite. I know. Um, You know, it's. It's I'd love to get a.
1: I'd love to get a more accurate breakdown of the demographics in the academy, just because parasite clearly had some really broad support, and that's despite the fact that it's a foreign language film. Uh, It's just—it just. kind of hard to grasp, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the, the, we have these every year, those anonymous voter diaries where they express some hot take because they don't have to put their name on it. And there was some, you know, like, borderline xenophobic thoughts on Parasite because it's not in English and shit like that. And it's kind of cool to see that shit get shot down in such a major way, you know, mm. like, I mean, I was kind of preparing myself. All right, 1917 wins Best Picture, but Bong still got director. That's more than I expected, anyway realistically so i'll take it and then we actually get the whole thing it's uh fucking awesome dude
0: yeah uh what a night you know Uh, i'm just so pleased with this oscars um you know that obviously the awards could have been the nominees could have been more diverse um Mm -hmm. but in the end the having this as the outcome just feels like the academy is moving in a direction that feels right, which is is nice. And I think the work that they've been doing to uh, build out the Academy, bringing in more more people to make it a more diverse population, um, hopefully is moving in a direction where we're starting to see this sort of thing happen more often. The movies that actually deserve it, the people that actually deserve it are getting the nominations, getting the awards, getting the recognition, because for too long, it's been just kind of... Cut and dry, one way, and I think seeing more and more of this sort of thing happening is just really encouraging. Um, yeah, you know, thinking back
1: too, I mean, uh, obviously, female directors are still getting uh, underlooked, to say the least. That's mm-hmm. that that's obvious. But the people that are winning Best Directors actually being quite diverse. You think of uh, obviously Bong winning first Korean, I think first Korean nominated period, let alone win. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he's first screen nominated. Um, Garan. before that, yeah, we've had Quaron, we've had Inaritu, we had Del Toro. We had a lot mm-hmm. of Mexican men. I mean, yep. Damien Chazelle was like the last white guy to win uh, Ang Lee not <laughs> yep. that long ago. Like it's, it's yeah. Um, uh, it's been, been pretty diverse. So, um, especially with the winners. So that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, man, this is, uh, this is awesome. I'm looking forward to doing early, Early predictions for next year. Yeah, so I I made a doc of movies coming out this year, and it's very very long already. So there's lots of stuff. is, <laughs> to is, to is Dune this year? Dunes this year. Dunes the oh, uh, the Dunes are December holiday movie because there's no Star Wars or Avatar this AKA
0: year. AKA the uh, the 1917 of this year. Mm, gonna, imagine, Denny, gonna make that that push. And I think in terms of. Uh, Technical awards. I think it's going to be right up that, that alley, but you're going to have Chalamet balling out too. So uh, I do I want to say Timothy Chalamet's jacket tonight was not a fan. The zipper, come on. Come on. Yeah,
1: dog. he looked. Cool um, kid. I, I expect that shit from his buddy Ansel Elgort. You yeah. know, like that's a little. Uh, like he's a really sharp looking dude. He doesn't need to
0: downgrade like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Florence Pugh, though, um, I, I think. Got us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I saw you retweeted this, but um, someone tweeted that people should be whispering to her to do a Madonna biopic every day, and I'm 100 percent on board with that. We so already make, know, make it happen.
1: We already know Timmy's doing the Dylan, yep. Bob Dylan biopic. So <laughs> let's keep that keep that up. I'm sure we can get Sasha doing something too. I'm sure. Um, oh, shout out uh, 1917 Deacons won cinematography. His second win in three years yeah. after waiting forever to win. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate all the Roger Deacon's thirst online. He is still a very handsome man. <laughs>
0: and I like seeing that. That's funny shit. <laughs> man, uh, and so, so deserving. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I when when they were showing some of the shots and just thinking about all the different ones, whether it's the... The, the scene where they're in that blown up town at, at night with like the flares like lighting yep. it or um, him running across that field and how bright that is it's just uh, well deserved so it's it's so nice to see these things kind of come out the one thing I'm disappointed in that once upon a time didn't get more love you know still won two awards tonight with a uh, best uh, supporting actor and production design which I was actually mm-hmm. pumped to see it win production design but, yeah definitely uh, yeah, a little disappointed just because it was so good. I feel like that's like a, it, like the timing of it almost hurt it a little bit. But Parasite mm-hmm. like, came out when like May, I think. So Parasite also,
1: also shout out um the guys the the folks that won for Hair Love animated short. Um, that mm-hmm. was the heavy favorite. That was a, that was a nice speech. Yeah, um, you can watch that on YouTube right now if you want. Again, it's a short film. Uh, it doesn't take long. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Uh, this was this was great. I, it it didn't feel long to me i think that's cuz i was having a good time most of the time even though it did in fact run quite long so resounding success i agree um, yeah even at our most optimistic i did not expect it to truly go this way
0: we're going to wrap up there for the night uh we might have some more thoughts this is our initial reactions right after the awards show wraps up so we might have some more thoughts tomorrow but we'll also be talking a couple other things on this week's podcast so stay tuned and hit that subscribe button whether you're on youtube soundcloud itunes stitcher spotify Spotify. wherever uh give us that follow that review share us peace out all right dave so while we move on to talk about briar patch from showrunner og uh the watch uh, what was it beforehand hollywood prospectus great great name great name um Highwood Prospectus host Andy Greenwald, TV longtime TV critic, finally taking his shot behind the screen. This seems like it had been coming. You know, if, if anyone that is tuned into the Ringer, tuned into the Watch, it's a podcast I think we both highly recommend. Um, Andy has been pretty upfront about how he's like been collaborating with Sam Eschmal a bit, giving him some feedback. Really um, starting to get tuned into this world. Of mm-hmm. These uh, TV show curators, so to speak. And Briar Patch, based off of the uh, novel by Roth Thomas of the same name, starring Rosario Dawson. First episode last Thursday. Second one was dropped on YouTube to watch for free. Um, so Dave, let me ask you: How are you feeling about the first episode or two of Brian Patch?
1: Uh good. Yeah. So I watched both, mm-hmm. both on YouTube. Yeah, and which is a nice, uh, nice perk from uh, USA. I think they, I think they did that before. Mr. Robot maybe went back in the day. I don't remember, but oh, yeah, no. definitely, definitely uncommon to just totally throw shit up there without any kind of paywall just to oh. get people to check something out. Um, yeah, I uh, obviously I haven't read this this novel from 1984. Don't read a lot of fiction these days, but. I know ross thomas is pretty well liked for being a crime crime writer um so just kind of going in knowing that it was an adaptation of a well-liked mystery i just kind of had those those expectations And then after watch the first episodes you know uh you know i, f- I definitely feel pretty good about it just because it has a lot of those other things i associate with people in the smile orbit namely just striking visuals and directing touches and then when you combine that with good acting it's a uh, usually pretty compelling. So I'm, I'm in so far. But what about you?
0: Yeah, it, it has caught my attention early. It feels like a, a, a mishmash of a lot of TV shows that we've been talking about, right? Uh, especially recently with the end of the decade, the, the setting feels very Breaking Bad to me. You know, they're Southwest Texas, they're right by the Mexico border. So it's, they, they literally filmed at
1: the same place they've made Breaking Bad in Albuquerque.
0: <laughs> so there you go. Um, it has the, uh, it has kind of the similar style to a show like Mr. Robot, as you just mentioned, um, in terms of the, the, the shots, in terms of kind of the weirdness of the show and just the overall uh, vibe and feeling around the show as you're watching it. So, right. It, I think it has all the makings of a show that we will really like. And it has Rosario Dawson, who, very interesting lead. I think she's been great so far. Very magnetic. I just, thinking about her, it feels like she's been around in my mind forever. And she's just never broken through with like a, a role to me that's like, wow, Rosario Dawson, like, this is it. She finally is like huge. Do you have that same feeling about her? What's your... What's your feeling of her?
1: Yeah, she's kind of like, I think, up and down in terms of like big, big roles. But when I think of like kids way back in the day, she was really young for that. That was just an ensemble piece. Um, I mean, I guess recently, the night nurse on the Marvel Netflix shows, Daredevil mainly, um, was probably her most high profile stuff recently. But no, I mean, she's, I feel like she's always, she's always around and doing interesting things, which is, which is cool. Because again, she's really good. So, and she's kind of this, on briar patch she's bringing you that uh uh edge trying to figure out the mystery character it's familiar but uh, i think she's she's doing it well so yeah i'm liking what what she's bringing so far
0: yeah i i agree that she's doing it very well and someone else i think is has been really impressive to me in the show so far is jay ferguson who plays jake spivey a uh veteran now a Military weapon sales person. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's extra legal. Yeah. And he, he's friends with Pig, who's Rosario Dawson's character. I don't know if you mentioned that yet. And uh, last time I, I really was tuned into his work, I mean, I've, he's one of those uh, that guy type of uh, mm-hmm. actors. You know, you see him in a lot of things, but probably don't know his name. I, I remember watching him in uh, Mad Men and he was pretty good in that. He, every time he came out screen, I thought he was pretty good, but he he pretty much had a bit part. You know, he's a role player. This feels like he gets to really do a little bit more, and I think he's been phenomenal in every scene. Like in the first episode when Pig goes to his house and is uh, deposing him um, in his living room, uh, just uh, that was the, the scene that really pulled me into the series, and I felt like I was really in, um, you know, beyond the fact that they had a car blowing up in the first five minutes of the episode but right. um, I-, I thought that was just electric and every scene between him and Rosario dawson just feels like it's such like a sexual undertone to it as well with all of the like double speak and every every dynamic that's at play there i think it's really fascinating to see those two cook together any other characters that stood out to you or any thoughts about any other performances so far
1: uh i always like to see uh kim dickens hmm. kind of similar that guy, S. Yep. Role, you know, the Gone Girl, Fear the Walking Dead, a lot of stuff recently. Uh, she's always a welcome presence, so looking forward to that. Also, we know Alan Cumming will be on this show. Perhaps he's the one leaving us at the end of episode two. TBD. Um, mm. That's that's exciting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's like a certain like I think energy to it. It's like this manic, like lawless Texas town, so, evils afoot. let's find out what that evil is like like yeah cool i'm I'm with that especially when like the again it's so high gloss about
0: all the other aspects of it so uh
1: hoping it uh, keeps going
0: definitely um really looking forward to seeing more of this also we just want to shout out uh i'm not sure if it's eddie or Edie gathigy who plays Mm -hmm. uh ad singh and i think he's fantastic so far as well in every scene he's been in uh, I'm very curious about him. There's a lot of mystery going on, so I'm I'm hoping that this wraps yep. up well. And also the the um, the zoo breakout and the animals kind of roaming <laughs> loose is like a nice like metaphorical undertone. It feels like to all of this. So. Lawless, um, wild, definitely. We're gonna talk about some other lawless birds in a second, Dave. But first, I want you to give me your review. <laughs> I'm give you the floor here for Dave's movie corner of The Assistant, a movie that just recently came out. Uh, you were able to watch it this weekend. What are your thoughts? Good movie, bad movie?
1: Good movie. The assistant. This this uh, premiere at Telluride last year, and then also was just at Sundance, and it was only in twenty five theaters this week. So it is still uh, rolling out via Bleecker Street. So I'm, I'm not sure how how wide it will end up going, but yeah, certainly a, a limited so far. Um, and it's a, I think a really impressive movie about. Uh, Me too, and specifically um, I guess a comment on Harvey Weinstein and Weinstein s figures in particular um, the way the movie the movie is actually I think really methodical and kind of slow to unwind. Uh, Julia Garner plays this young assistant at a film studio in New York City and and we know her from, uh, she just won a sporting Emmy for Ozark, and she's kind of just been around for a while. She's, she's quite good in this, and she's been in just about every scene. And her assistant character, Jane, kind of, you know, I think she's like her second month on the job, and just kind of learning how complicit her workplace is in the assumed uh, abuse of power dynamics from the executive head of her, her film company. And it's interesting because that film exec is never named or shown in the hmm. movie, which I think is a really important choice. It really focuses on everyone else, the kind of the infrastructure around people similar to her position in terms of like power and 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 status, and then people further up the chain. And it's, I think it's really important because this focus is on the culpability that people might feel about uh, being a bystander, or even worse, an enabler to that kind of abuse abuse of power. So, yeah, you don't you don't see any of that uh, assumed bad things happen, but it's on the mind of everyone and, you know, in offhand comments, even joked about. So uh, it really kind of all crystallizes towards the end of the movie where uh, Jane goes to HR to file a complaint about something. And her HR consultant is Matthew McFadden from Succession. Mm. And he's... Perfectly cast as an HR guy, and the way he kind of uh, talks talks to and around Jane and stuff. So, I uh, I think I think a re- really really strong movie because again the message is uh it's a little it's a little dark it's a little sad but um I think I think it focuses on uh, so, some important stuff that we kind of uh, don't mention quite as much about what other people know about you know, alleged crimes and whatnot. So I thought it was really good. Julie Garner is is really strong in this. So it's the first movie from Kitty Green and I could see her making some uh, best first film list 11 months from now. So keep an eye out.
0: Interesting. Not a film that was really on my radar, but um, I love the concept. Probably one that I'll wait to come out on uh, Amazon to watch, but Again, you were talking about the choice to not name the exact. I feel like that was – it sounds like it was a smart choice in order to make this a little bit more of an impactful story and focus on the message more than, like, the the person, so to speak. So uh, definitely interesting. Um, Why don't we move on to Birds of Prey, though? Talking about that Harley Quinn dog after (laughs) an amazing showing and an amazing superhero movie, Suicide Squad.
1: Academy Award-winning Suicide Squad, don't you forget yes. it?
0: <laughs> more uh, more Academy Awards than The Irishman.
1: That's correct. Uh,
0: and Gangs of New York combined, kind of crazy. And
1: Avengers: Endgame.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So Suicide Squad comes out a couple of years ago. Um, twenty sixteen. Not, not, not well, much. Not much good to say about that movie, but I think no. one of the things that came out of it was Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn pretty good we enjoyed her performance she seems to fit the role well uh she's obviously incredibly captivating every time she's on screen no matter yep. the role um and then they you know dc rolled out their plan and harley quinn and the birds of prey this has been uh on the radar for a while finally dropped this weekend starring um outside of robbie mary elizabeth winstead as huntress Journey Smollett mm-hmm. Bell as Black Canary, Rosie Perez playing Renee Montoya, police officer. Um, who else is it? Ewan McGregor? Um, Black Mask. Yeah, Chris uh,
1: Mazina as Victor Zaz. Yeah,
0: where's, the, where's the girl here? A lot
1: of well known Batman, B- uh, Batman rogues, but definitely uh, lesser known characters than, say, definitely. Suicide Squad, which gave you Joker and Harley Quinn in a Batman cameo and Even other popular people like Deadshot, you know. So mm-hmm. definitely a, uh, I think the movie definitely makes a point of wiping its hands of Suicide Squad, <laughs> right? Maybe even almost too much. There's almost too much looking back at uh, the Joker's, uh, absence in the actual story, not just in the meta ness of the movie itself. Definitely. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a new uh, a, a new take, a new direction. You can look at that just from the, the way the camera works. Um. Margot is not like, like lustily filmed this time nope. as an attractive, the attractive woman that she is. You know, it's like actually a little bit more mature and just not as gross as it was before, where she was just like kind of fetishized. You know, yeah. So it's a, it's it's certainly a welcome improvement from the first time.
0: Yeah, I mean, you even think about uh, Harley Quinn's introduction in Suicide Squad, where she's like hanging from the jail cell with those like bed sheets, and it's just like. They were they were going for something completely different in this movie than they were here. When And, you know, basically the setup is Harley Quinn and the Joker have broken up. Harley Quinn is looking to find a way to um, make it known that she's independent, doesn't need no man. Um, so she blows up a chemical plant, and it sets off this chain of events. Uh, kind of driven along also by the MacGuffin of this jewel that <laughs> has these... Duh. Bernelli Diamond. Yes, and it has these codes to get all this money in the Swedish bank account because mm-hmm. um, the Bernelli family was murdered when uh, hmm. the Huntress is very small. That's what, uh, one of the twists of this. So I won't.
1: I'll yep. you
0: know, try not to go too far into it. Well-trodden well, uh, well
1: trod ground for yes. Huntress backstory.
0: Um, so I guess before we get too far into it, th- this is a movie that has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um getting very well reviewed critically um only made 33 million this weekend though um maybe not very well reviewed but positively reviewed we'll say mm-hmm. how how are you feeling about birds of prey the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn dave <laughs>
1: um i feel good about it i i i enjoyed it a lot i think it's in definitely in my top three for these dcu movies Uh, I think I probably still like Shazam a little bit more, um, but between those two and Wonder Woman, those are my favorite ones. Um, The box office is very uh, eyebrow-raising, to say the least, just because kind of everything was leading up to Birds of Prey doing really well. It had really no competition in terms of an event film at this time. I mean, Bad Boys for Life, which was a surprise hit in its own right, I mean, that had already been out for three weeks. And before that, the last event movie was, I guess, Star Wars. So it's like you—you kind of look at the breakdown. And it's just like the continued success of uh, holdovers like 1917 and Bad Boys that are just kind of taking its lunch. But I think part of it might be the really like obnoxious title, the subtitle in particular. Like maybe if we just called this Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey or something a little simpler, uh, it, it, it might have got the message across. I'm not sure. Um, because superhero movies, you kind of assume that they're just baked in success, right? Mm-hmm. But this does this did twenty million less than Shazam, which already was a modest success. So it just seems like a kind of a, a rejection of sorts by the audience and a maybe a marketing uh, mishap as well. And you know, it's rated R, and I think Deadpool and Joker maybe have misaligned our expectations for how R-rated movies are supposed to perform. I'm not sure, but Maybe that was also a miscalculation. I don't know. I'm happy the movie's good, and I would like to see them maybe go down a Gotham City Sirens path down the line with maybe bringing Batgirl into the fold. That's the one missing link to all of this. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a very peculiar uh, uh, box office. It's it's, it's kind of hard hard to hard to explain.
0: Yeah, I thought the movie was pretty good. I, I'm not going to say it's 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 a good movie. Uh, I, I think it's it's a bit of a mess sometimes in the way that it's structured, and that might even be intentional at points like it's told from the perspective of Harley Quinn for most of the movie, so I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to make you feel a little bit like the manic depressive yeah. uh Harley Quinn in this mm-hmm. um, Very well, yes, and you know like the, the specifically there's a scene where yeah you see her saying parlay you know, and then. Uh, the, the next scene you see her in, she's shooting up a uh, police station and then they have to rewind in her mind to explain things so it's right. it's a, it, to me it, like some of that works some of it doesn't um, I just feel like maybe it, you know trying to come up with an explanation for why this movie didn't do as well as it was expected to maybe it was Oscar weekend and I, I don't know the numbers of how movies usually do when they're released on Oscar weekend but I, I know a lot of people this weekend who are using this time to watch Marriage Story or the Two Popes or other Oscar movies that they can watch at home uh, because they wanted to catch up before they watch tonight. Now that doesn't mean that that counts for everybody. My theater was fairly full when I went, um, but it just feels like uh, this isn't a movie that was very memorable in my book either. Like I don't think this is a movie that I'm gonna you know, go and tell my friends like, yeah, you, you go see this. Like it's good. It's fine. Right. But
1: yep. it's
0: not amazing. So uh, I don't know. Overall, I think this is a win for DC because it seems like uh, this is probably their, their most intriguing character beyond wonder woman. Um, Shazam obviously is also up there. As you mentioned, Aquaman seems like it might also be a hit for them. And if we ever get the flash uh, that might also be, so they might really be finding their footing but I don't know. The, the only real thing that's going to be memorable, memorable, uh, memorable to me about this is Ewan McGregor's outfits. I mean, <laughs> dog, he was his, his wardrobe was flames the whole time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like the way they uh, slightly tweaked Black Mask as kind of being like a trust fund brat. You know, I, I like that little spin on it. And you McGregor is really bringing this kind of malevolent energy to his line readings the whole time, so I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed his energy with with Zaz. I think Messina played Zaz slightly understated, while still making it very clear he's a psychopath. That's a little yep. different than him being, I think, much more on the nose in prep in, in the comics and whatnot. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I think you you read you read the reviews. You you look at that 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 Rotten Tomatoes that eighty percent. You're like, I mean, everyone's saying yeah, it's pretty good, and no no one's saying it's amazing and like. It doesn't. I don't think it reaches the highs of like a Wonder Woman does, mm-hmm. and I and I did. I think it's just Zam. I think it's just a little tighter storytelling. But yeah, I I kind of liked um I kind of liked the nonlinearity in the early goings just because I think it kind of it fit that manic energy as you were mentioning. Um, it, it kind of felt it, like it felt like uh, the way a Harley story would be told to us. It was certainly a choice, though. You're right. Um, but yeah, you uh, at the end of the day, there's a kind of simple MacGuffin. And then Cassandra Kane is just kind of being the wielder of the MacGuffin,
0: right? And, um, and a vehicle for Harley Quinn's humanity in this, you know, to like show right. And
1: ultimately, and so we're gonna get Harley Quinn again next year in the Suicide Squad, August 2021, from James Gunn. That's like almost done filming. Um, maybe they hedged a little bit on what Harley is, because Harley's just kind of like deranged and clearly off her rocker in Suicide Squad this mm-hmm. time. She seems a little bit more well intentioned, if still, you know, not having all her marbles for sure. But she kills the bad guys, but doesn't kill the cops. You know, it's like they almost kind of hedged how bad or mean they wanted to make her, mm. which is then kind of weird because like the R rating just allowed for some extra violence and some cursing. I do think a lot of the the, the action when it happened, I enjoyed. It was pretty. It's pretty badass, like, when she slams on that guy's leg in, like, the the club. That was brutal.
0: A lot of Um, legs being broken in this. Yeah. It's tough stuff.
1: Uh, And, like, there was talk of uh, reshoots. Again, not an uncommon thing with franchise films. But you wonder if uh, maybe they wanted to, like reset the ball it just didn't that be the main goal for this kind of reset the harley character but again the box office suggests that the harley character is not as big a draw as we might have expected again she's a very popular albeit new relatively speaking character from the, the anime series but that's a really small number man so i i don't know where they go from here but again we're going to see her suicide squad and that'll be as part of an ensemble once again so it'll be a long time before i think we're considering a uh uh, a solo or a Harley and Friends movie once again, but yeah, this is directed by Kathy Ann. She only has one film to her credit, Dead Pigs, that wasn't even released here in the U.S. Um, kind of strikes me as a Marvel hire, a Marvel of old, anyway, where you hire someone who's a little in, uh, inexperienced or on the rise, that way you can adapt them to their to to what you want. And you know, Har- Harley was involved in the production of this. So you wonder um, how much creative juice dc really brought to it or they were just kind of happy just to put it out because like shazam this is a modestly budgeted for a superhero movie it's like under 100 million so um yeah overall overall i have positive thoughts on it so i thought i thought it was pretty fun i I enjoyed uh matthew lebatique's uh cinematography just because it's it's just colorful again Mm. getting away from the early dreary dark we got from the snyder era and kind of more more shades of Aquaman, Wonder Woman just yeah. being very very stark and bright. So um, looking forward to Wonder Woman 1984 in June. But yeah, I think it's a it's not a movie. I think people will 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 truly ride for. Maybe there'll be scenes they really like to go back to. But you know, I, I had a good time with it.
0: Uh, I wanted to ask you: Was there any? Uh, I have one in particular I want to see if we're on the same wavelength. Was there a casting that really felt like? it was puzzling to you or maybe just like a miscasting or like mm. wasted casting. And
1: that's interesting. Um, I really liked Mary Elizabeth Wenstead when I got the news because she's a really talented actress and I kind of would have liked more from her huntress. And I think when we're getting her, she's like the overwhelmingly la- overwhelming lack of self-awareness that uh, she's bringing to her character, you know, the crossbow killer, as people yeah. keep telling her, just like, no, I'm Huntress. Like, that started that started landing really well, I think, towards the end. But she's kind of on the periphery of the story for the first two acts. Um, yeah, I thought Rosie Perez was pretty solid, kind of an inspired choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wasn't familiar with Journey at bell and um, the girl who plays Cassandra Kane is, is pr- pretty new. So nothing really uh, jumped out to me. Uh, what did you have in
0: mind? You know, and this is like a, a bit character, but Ellie Wong playing the, uh, the AD, sure. I was like waiting for that moment where she gets to be hilarious Ellie Wong, you know, doing something like one of her, her bits or her one of her voices. And just <laughs> as right. her playing a straight person, I was like, this just feels like, I don't know, maybe her That's agent's funny. trying to get her into more <laughs> serious stuff. It was just so random to me. And then um, maybe they'd want to have an Asian person do it. It was, I don't
1: know. Yeah, he was a check. I don't know.
0: I don't know. So small that, small that,
1: role to have a big check attached to it, I'd imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to imagine so. Uh, yeah, but I actually thought Chris Messina as ass was probably the person that stood out to me in this. He was like menacing and just insane, and um, I I couldn't like place him. I was like, where do I know this guy from? And I remember him mostly from the newsroom, but yep. also like we saw him in Sharp Objects, what, just last year. So, yep. um, 2018. He's a good actor. 2018, two years ago. Um, any last thoughts before we wrap up on Birds of Prey
1: uh, no no it's uh, it's uh, another step in the right direction for DC something that's been said for five movies now
0: we're gonna be four, saying four that,
1: movies ever since Justice League that's all we've been hearing
0: we're it's gonna be kind saying that until the end of time yeah <laughs>
1: good it's job step in the right direction be, once again
0: yep just constant kids gloves with this thing um, well, we're gonna wrap it up there for this week, Dave. What do we got for next week? Uh,
1: a number of really high-profile things for next week: Tame Impala album, yeah, Justin Bieber album, Portrait of a Lady on Fire finally releasing wide here in the U.S. for Valentine's Day weekend. uh other stuff like Sonic the Hedgehog movie finally here after the delay. Uh, to all the boys I Love before, too, on Netflix. And I think we'll be doing our early Oscars hell yeah! as well. Lots of things to consider there. Oh, and a uh, High Fidelity with Zoe Kravitz is going to be premiering on Hulu on Friday.
0: So, A lot of stuff. A lot of content stuff. Stay tuned. It's coming. Uh, and follow us at NostalgiaPod on Twitter. Go to SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod and also YouTube.com slash NostalgiaPod. Give us that subscribe, to that five-star reading review on I and we'll catch you next week.
1: Peace.